do you have any questions? I, I figure we'll just talk for 15 minutes. The conversation can go where it goes. I basically uh-huh. want to just celebrate independent bookstores, the idea of them and the, and the, the value of them and the how, the how we can support them of them. Well, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm in favor of all of those things. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 15th year, number 746, Supporting Independent Bookstores. I think we've all discovered who the essential workers are during this pandemic. Pub owners. But just down from them, obviously, are healthcare workers and small business owners. Recently, I've been touting independent bookstores as a better alternative to Amazon, especially in this pandemic. So I thought it'd be good to talk to somebody who can actually tell me why and whether it's a legitimately good idea. Robert McDonald is the director of special events at the Bookstall in Winnetka, Illinois, just five minutes from me in the North Shore burbs of Chicago. And he told me exactly why supporting independent bookstores and all small businesses is not only a good but important idea. And he started by telling me how long he's been doing it. A long time uh, independent bookstore worker that's been basically my career in the Chicago area um, other than a few teaching stints and editorial stints. I've been working in independent bookstores for 30 plus years Um, and currently I'm at the bookstall in Winnetka uh, running their events program and events of course have changed drastically during the pandemic with uh, people popping in online to in various configurations either zoom or crowdcast or other things like that uh, to to be with us for events Um, but we're used of course to having things in person either in the store or sometimes our bigger events at the music box and things like that so yeah it's a changed landscape Um, events certainly my end of things has really changed um, and book selling has changed somewhat but um, I if if people are asking how they can support independent bookstores the answer is really pretty simple buy books from us Um, and you know encourage your friends to buy books from us um, all, all of the indies are really struggling right now. Everybody had to pivot and kind of become a, a fulfillment warehouse um, in short order last March. And we're still kind of recovering from that. Different bookstores have different rules about how many people they allow in and so forth and what's safe for that particular bookstore. So it's a, it's a huge change. And, um, and I hope that um, not just bookstores, but, you know, all the mom and pop stores that you can think of, you know, little restaurants, little corner stores, little liquor stores. I think as a country, we're really in danger of losing um, all those smaller uh, companies that make up a community. Um, you know, I think I hear friends talk about how you can drive across the country now and everything looks the same. You know, you go, you, any intersection has, at, or, or any interstate has all the same places, all the same stores off of it. And it's, things like independent bookstores that give a little bit of individuality to a community. Uh, and it's, I think it's going to be a real shame to have these places be casualties of this pandemic. 
we've learned so much about who the true essential workers are during this whole thing. And it is the small mom and pop folks. It is, it is actors, you know, it's people who provide entertainment. It's, it's absolutely provide these essential things during, I mean, in addition to the real essential workers, obviously the health people. Um, um, and you've had to pivot. So have you had to learn a lot of new uh, technical skills yeah, we had to really figure out what, for example, our website could do. There was a lot of unused functionality there that we weren't taking advantage of. Um, so, yes, using our website um, to sell more books, to process more books. Um, and for me personally, figuring out you know, how to host an event on Crowdcast. Um, and I am not a tech guy in any stretch of the imagination, but I had to figure out really fast how I could hop online and interview somebody um, in front of an audience. And, and uh, you know, I'm, it's funny. I'm actually, um, I think I'm less nervous interviewing someone on Crowdcast because I can feel like I'm just talking to one person and the crowd isn't there. I, I don't see them. So I'm not having, it can be 500 people looking on, but as long as I don't focus on that part, I think I'm a lot more relaxed. So that's <laughs> a little bit of a change. Well, is that is that a thing? Is that one of the things that we might carry over into our post-pandemic lives? The ability to share uh, um, an event in your bookstore with people out of your immediate area who, who can't get there? Um, I, I don't know that we'll be doing that so much as we will uh, continue with when the authors can't get to us. I think when the authors can get to us, we're probably going to not, I don't know that we are going to project that out into the world for this reason. Uh, these online uh, events that you see everywhere are great, but I think for all of the arts, and, and if this includes you know, bookstores or authors, they are not revenue generating in almost whatsoever. Lots of people like to, if you're, think about it, if you're in a bookstore and you are inspired by the program and you like the author, you want to speak to them for a minute, the the social nicety is that you go and buy books. So you stand in line and say, hello, Mr. Jones, I really loved your book. Can you please sign it for me? And, um, you know, something similar happened to me that happened in your book. You have this little exchange with them. That social part of it is kind of snipped online. So you can enjoy your program. You can enjoy what the author had to say. You can like the book. But because you're already on the internet, you may jump over and buy it on Amazon with your Amazon Prime real quick. And you've snapped that sort of cord. So there's no income for the bookstore from that. And here, well, here's a great thing that I discovered during this pandemic, which is that, sure, I have Amazon Prime and that's fine. And But usually I don't need the book tomorrow. And, and I thought that it saved me a lot of money shopping with Amazon. It doesn't. It it doesn't, and I started ordering bookstore. Well, and we'll get to the we'll get to the bookshop.org in a second. But I started ordering my books from you and ordering books at independent bookstores at different parts of the country as gifts for other people. And I don't think it was that much more expensive at all to order the books and have them shipped directly to the bookstore, and then you can pick them up yourself. Um, uh, uh, you know, in a socially uh, safe manner, and and you you get to support your local institutions, as you've been saying. So I I really want to encourage folks to not think of Amazon as such a huge convenience because it's really not. Well, and if you think if you're thinking of it as a convenience, think about it in the long term. I mean, you know, we hear it all the time in the store. People that say, "Oh, I used to come here all the time as a kid. I can't wait to bring my kids here." 
Well, you know, if you're in your 20s or 30s and are thinking of starting a family, you better start thinking about what kind of places you want those children to end up being in. And that includes these little, you know, little institutions. It includes things like the arts. Uh, you know, do you do you want to be able to take your kids out to um, a small theater? kids theater that you always went to when you were a child well then figure out a way to support them now because otherwise they're not going to be there for your children uh, absolutely and my my father was in publishing in the 70s and i had this i had this notion of uh, running my own bookshop i still have that this romantic <laughs> notion but i think it's i think i think that maybe the time has passed for me but um but uh my dad was very insistent do not open a small bookstore um the economics don't support it Do, i mean he even said go into theater that's more Yo, that's safer <laughs> um is that a true is that a true thing or is it my dad just being my dad um it's a very tricky business uh there certainly are people who can and do every day in this country make money as small independent bookstore owners um but and a lot of it depends on the community they're in, um, a lot and how willing that community is to, to support them. It's um, it's tough. It's a tough business. The margins are not very high. Um, but yes, it is possible. It's also, I mean, you have to expect. I think like any small business owner, um, I think of like restaurant owners, for example. You know, you have to expect mind-numbing hours uh, and lots and lots of sweat equity um, as you're starting out something like that. I don't know. I've always been a worker bee rather than an owner um, of a bookstore. And I think um, the, the things that would keep me up at night as an owner are, are many. <laughs> right. I, I get stressed out enough just doing my, my bit, my part of it in this world. But yeah, it is, it is possible. And some stores do very, very well uh, or have done in the past very, very well. And some stores actually have thrived during the pandemic um, as, as their communities have really turned out for them, which has been really great to see. This is Christopher Moore, the author of Fool and the Serpent of Venice, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. Shakespeare's birthday is coming up on April 23rd, so now would be the perfect time to share the love with the Shakespearean in your life. Pop-Up Shakespeare is on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with Robert McDonald from the independent bookstore The Bookstall in Winnetka, Illinois. During the pandemic, uh, the the website bookshop.org 
um, either started or gained a lot of prominence. And I know I ordered from them a few times. The premise of Bookstop org is that it's an alternative to 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 Amazon, but that where the money gets divvied up and sent out to independent bookstores around the country. Is that a is that a, is that true as far as you know? And 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 does like the bookstall see money from bookshop.org in any noticeable degree? Um, it is true that bookshop. .org does support indies. Um, I think it, you know, it's also supports the American Bookselling Association. I think it's a way of to, for them to generate income. The amount of money um, earned by indies, I think, you know, I mentioned that the margins are very small in in bookselling, uh, and uh, I don't think that Bookshop.org is pumping lots and lots of money into uh, bookstores. In, in, enough to make a difference or a, a radical difference. It isn't for us, but part of it is that we are very lucky to have already had a website in place um, mm. and be able to earn income off our own website. I think bookshop.org has been invaluable for really, truly small town bookshops, you know, the kind that, you know, their website gave their hours and their location, and that was about it before this all started. So to have uh, something that you could send your customers to and say, I know you can't get out of the house right now, but you can go to this website and that still is a way to support us. I think that's been really valuable for truly small, small town American bookstores. How have you, uh, you talk about learning technical skills, uh, et cetera. How, how do you guys use social media much? Do you find social media has value either in Twitter or Facebook or podcasts? Uh, is that a, I, I don't know how that generates revenue. I still haven't figured out how, how it generates but revenue. Yes. I know anecdotally that this podcast sells tickets when we're performing live because people say, uh -huh. oh, I just heard you're coming to my town. Um, but does, does social media do do much for you it does and it's hard to measure but for example um we have almost no advertising budget for our events or for like a new book coming out anymore we're not we don't you know there aren't any and there also aren't very many places to take out ads anymore uh in terms of like like local papers um that's been another you know something that's disappeared has been disappearing quickly um and including in the pandemic because if all your little businesses in your town aren't taking out ads, then your little town paper doesn't have any revenue. And that's the end of that. Right. Um, so social, to answer your question, I mean, social media for us, it's a way to connect to people. It's a way to communicate with people. And certainly it works really well for, we know, for events. Um, that's almost our sole way between our e-news, which goes out once a week to over 9,000 people. And that list continually grows. And social media, um, that's the way we get out the word about our events and it's very effective. Um, and, and it's a nice way that we can work with the publisher and the author, because I can say to the publisher, Hey, this event I'm having next Wednesday, not getting a lot of play here yet. Can, do me a favor. And their department can, or we can poke the author and say, Hey, you know, you have 50,000 followers. How about making a few announcements that we have this going on next week and boom, you see, we see the, the immediate results. Um, so that's an exciting part of the whole new, I mean, it's not even it's new anymore, but, but social media, yes, we, it's very important to us. Um, and, and I think it's only going to become more so. Um, we have a, a part-time social media director and that's, and what she does is try to figure out how to get the word out about things, but she also coordinates when we're going to announce 
a new book or an author signing or just a review or a silly video we did in the store when we were bored one afternoon. So all of that stuff. Those are the best. The silly videos are the best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and did you have the same romantic notion I had as a teenager? Oh, I want to work in bookstores. You've been doing it for 30 years now. Is this a, is this, is this a life? I get, I, clearly this is a lifelong passion for you. Uh, I, I guess I always knew I wanted to be in books. And I think that comes from writing. I've always been a writer, um, still do write. And so there's something to me about being around writing and writers, which is really exciting. I don't think I ever thought, um, let's see, that I was going to make, you know, I certainly didn't think I was going to be wealthy by doing it. I don't know that my parents were so happy that I ended up spending my career in bookstores. Um, but in some ways, it's also a way to be a lifelong learner. Um, without having to pay tuition. I, I think of when I was at seminary co-op bookstores in the 90s and ran their events, um, and the publisher would send me a hardbound book. Every time I host an event, they would send me two weeks before the event that book, and I would read them. And at in seminary co-op in, Highland, in um, Hyde Park, you know, this was very academic, and there's all these things I never in the world would have picked up on my own that I read and was able to discuss with authors. And I think it was a whole nother master's degree on top of the master's I already had, um, at least. Um, and, and, and still to this day, there, there are plenty of books that come across my desk or that I other people recommend to me. And I think being in this environment, I'm much less likely to stick to my tried and true. Um, which leads me to another sort of uh, slam on Amazon is that if you're taking their recommendations those are algorithms. Those are based on what you've already bought. We, you know, if you're talking to a human being, they're talking about what they're passionate about that they want you to be passionate about, not necessarily just tell, reflecting back to you what you've already purchased. So you may, you know, our computer tells you, tells us you would also like this. That's so important. And I think that might be the great lesson for many of us, at least, that that what we're missing in this pandemic is this human connection. And and because I know I'm going to hug the shit out of people when I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, spoiler alert. Um, uh, but uh, uh, but but th that human connection of whether it's in a bookstore or just a recommendation, um, that's these things have become incredibly valuable to all of us. And hopefully we can keep that going um, when when things get back to, quote unquote, normal. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. In many cases, even if they don't have the book you want in stock, your local indie bookstore can order it and deliver it right to your door for little or no charge. So you are still getting home delivery and the shipping is still, in many cases, free. If you'd like to check out the events at the bookstall or order a signed and personalized copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, go to thebookstall.com. Or check out any independent bookstore near you or try bookshop.org. But bookshop.org does charge for shipping. Support mom and pop businesses, including and especially mom and pop theater companies. Send us your favorite local bookshop via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. 
You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow The Bookstall on Twitter too at The Bookstall. Thanks, as always, to Bookstalker, meaning people who stocks books on shelves, not creepy guys, except he's that too, Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Sade Ferguson. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Christopher Moore, the author of such rich and entertaining comic novels as Lamb and the Pocket Trilogy, Fool, The Serpent of Venice, and Shakespeare for Squirrels, and many other great things. Go to his website, chrismore.com, for more information. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on just a little while longer. I'm Austin Tishner, 746 2238s of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I guess the moral of our conversation is please find a local bookstore in your area and buy their books. Absolutely. And if you go to a great program, you know, and I, that you loved ta- listening to the author, go to the bookstore that supported that program. Go to the bookstore that put that on. Um, I forced myself to do that. I get, you know, I get an amazing discount. That's one great reason to be a bookseller. I, you know, I get an amazing discount off any book I buy. But if I'm hopping, I just was at Literati Bookstore last week listening to this amazing poet, Diane Seuss. And I made sure I went on the website and bought the book from them because they're the ones that put on that program. Yeah. And if we want uh, those kind of programs to continue, uh, we've got to support that. And that includes things like, you know, if you see one of your favorite musicians playing online, and they have a little donate here button, donate, to, you know, and it, even if you can't donate a lot, donate something so that that musician can keep on being a force in this world uh, and, you know, can come to your town and play for you live someday um, when that can happen. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company, reducing expectations since 1981. Go to reduce for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.